Welcome to episode 61 of the Community Trail Running Podcast. I'm your host, Adam Lee. Thank you for being here once again. So many podcasts out there, and I so appreciate you spending a little bit of your time with me. Today we have Moab 240 finisher Heather Coco Scott on the podcast. Super fun conversation. We actually went a little bit long because I was just enjoying listening to her talk about her experience there so much. Can't wait to get to that. And of course, I have to give a little tip of the cap to Pargol, another runner here in the lower mainland in British Columbia, for linking Heather and I up for the chat because it's a great one. We will get to it after just a little bit of housekeeping. And all that is, is I'm coming at you, obviously, after last week, two weeks in a row we haven't done in a while. And I'm going to come back next week as well for a third straight week. We've got Jeff Peltier in the cast talking about his experience at Moab 240. So I'm thrilled to have both of these awesome runners on the cast talking about their experience there. We won't waste any more time. Let's get to Coco and hear about her experience at Moab. Today's guest is Moab 240 finisher Heather Scott. Heather accomplished the amazing feat, finishing the 2023 event in 111 hours, 6 minutes, 5 seconds. She's agreed to relive that a little bit with us here today. Heather, thanks for coming on. You are very welcome. I'm finally in a place where I'm ready to relive it. <laughs> <laughs> I can only imagine. Before we get into the race specifically, if uh, like big distance is not new to you, maybe you wouldn't mind just giving us a little bit of background on yourself and your running. Yeah, of course. And it's always so funny when people tell me that like running and distance isn't because a lot of people say you've been doing this for a while. And to me, I actually haven't. Um, I'm a really late in life athlete. Um, I didn't even go to the gym until I think I was like 27. Um, I was like a big partier. I'd love to go out. <laughs> I certainly didn't ever think about running. I didn't even know people did that, like, unless they had to. <laughs> so <laughs> to find myself here now is always kind of funny to me and and really just sometimes I'm just surprised this is like me um but yeah I started I went to the gym when I was like 26 you know it's like aesthetically just wanted to get into shape I didn't understand why people would be on a treadmill look super weird and not fun because I was doing kickboxing and spinning you know which was so fun um and, you know, I moved out of San Francisco and um, there wasn't like a big cool gym. So I started, you know, what I called jogging um, and I would jog like two to four miles. I did not consider myself a runner. It was like hard for me and I didn't really enjoy it. Um, and I didn't really start running until a friend of mine told me or what I would consider running until a friend of mine told me he was doing a sprint triathlon which I didn't know what that was but I was highly competitive with him so I decided to do it as well awesome um yeah so I did this triathlon and I fell in love I thought it was the coolest thing ever. Um, I didn't even care that I had to run at the end because I got to swim and bike and I thought that was really neat and that sort of started my journey um, with 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 running, um, which uh, evolved to a half marathon and then seven Ironman um, over the course of like nine years, I think. And I still 
didn't think I was a runner. Oh I only ran because you had to run in an Ironman. And I didn't think I was that good. I was super slow. It never felt like comfortable for me. So, you know, over this period of nine years and a lot of running, um, you know, I was just doing it because I had to. And it wasn't until I think I was 39, three weeks after my Ironman, a friend of mine had signed me up for the Squamish 50K. And I thought, well, I'm in like totally good shape for my Ironman. This should be a breeze. I'm going to do it. <laughs> um, so I went and did Squamish 50K, which if anyone knows what that race is, it's certainly not a beginner race. Um, <laughs> I didn't know what vert was. I didn't have a pack and I never <laughs> ran on the dirt longer than four miles. <laughs> uh, so yeah, it was, it was an experience, but it was much, much like my first try. I fell in love. Gotcha. Um, yeah. And, and that began you know, my love affair with, with running, where I actually considered myself a runner. I wanted to run. I couldn't wait. I was excited by it. Um, yeah. And then from there, I did 50 miles about three months after at the North Face 50, which is also a pretty challenging race. Um, it was in my backyard, though, so I felt lucky. But that that sort of... That was it. You know, I, I said, I think I'm a runner now. Um, I'm going to give myself some kudos. And, <laughs> you know, what came next was um, at the age of 40, my first 100 mile attempt, which I made it to 87 at Havelina. Um, you know, that was a really big learning experience for me in the sense that I failed, but I won in my head because it, it, sort of made me realize you just can't go out and and even though I had trained it made me realize I needed to do some things differently um to become an ultra trail runner and so I went back to the drawing board and finished Havelina twice um in consecutive years um you know and I just I was doing some Ironman here and there but then you know really really just focused on running from there and I, I'm so glad that you're finally giving yourself credit for being a runner because it sounds like you've been a hell of a runner for a hell of a long time. <laughs> right. And, you know, it's that's something that's really interesting to me, particularly as a woman, right? Like women jog, men run, you know, and just sort of growing up in this, you know, when I started doing Ironman, there really wasn't Instagram was just beginning. You know, we didn't have a lot of examples of other people doing big things. Um, there was, you know, it was still kind of like Facebook. Um, people certainly weren't like, you know, out there showing everything they were doing. And so, you know, as you see more and more and, and more dialogue happens, like what is a runner, you know? And so you're more accepting of yourself, more willing to try big new things too, right? It's like, just because it's not a hundred miles doesn't mean it's not awesome. Just because it's not a PR doesn't mean it's not great. Um, so yeah, I think there's just like, as I've become a runner, like the world has evolved too. So I think that's been really cool. And what as, so you, you're, you're a runner now, you're fully embraced it. You've, you've finished 200 miler as well. So what about Moab 240 drew you to it specifically? You know, it's like, it, it, this reminds me of the question, like, what's your motivation? I always wish I had something like super deep. Um, but, 
what drew me to Moab is I'd already done Tahoe 200. And so I wanted a different 200. Um, I thought 240 was really badass because, you know, it's more than 200. And really yeah. what it's just 50K with getting lost a little bit is how I saw the extra distance. Um, and also I had done a mountain biking trip to Moab the year before last year. And so I just, I knew I loved Moab. I loved the desert. You know, I'd done Javelina three times or bend Javelina three times. And I don't know. I just, I just thought it would be magic. Um, and so I thought Moab 240s, like without reading the race guide, by the way. Awesome. Uh, yeah. Decided to do Moab 240. <laughs> okay. I love it. So obviously some very deep meaning to this choice. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I'm all about, you know, like gut feelings. Go with your gut. <laughs> I love that. I love that. So then let's talk about the race itself. I'm sure there were ups and some downs, but just kind of like take us through what an experience like that was for you. I mean, overall, it was amazing. Um, I I really prepared prepared well like you know I don't I'm not a I'm not a show up and and hope for the best um I really did my due diligence as far as like physical training so I was able to show up there with a lot of confidence um and really just focused on having the best time that I could um and I I think a lot of times people mistake that for like it not being hard for me or you're not as serious, but really like my goal when I say like to show up and have the best time is, is still to make my goals, you know, and still to dig deep, but like truly enjoy the experience and, and really have a lot of positivity and like soak it all in. And I think I was really able to do that. Um, I mean, that being said, it's not, it's, it's, 4.75 days, you know, you're gonna. <laughs> <laughs> when I was writing the question, I'm like, how was your race day? No, that's not right. Race weekend. No, that's not yeah. right. Race week. Okay. <laughs> yeah. You know, it's like I, the world could have ended while I was out there. I would have had no idea, like no idea at all. You don't, the only people you see are race people, you know? Um, but yeah, overall it was really good. My, like I said, my goal was to have a really strong first 67 miles. That's your solo miles. Okay. And I really wanted to run that um, and run it strong um, and, and build myself like a really nice buffer. And my goal for that was around 25 hours. It's, it's a pretty good amount of climbing. It's just under 10,000 feet. Um, and so, you know, I did that. I came in at 21 hours. Nice. Um and so I was super pumped. I like ran most of it and I knew coming in, like, I was like this, like for me, good or bad, I use that as judgment. Like this is how the rest of the race is going to go. And we've got this, awesome. uh, which is really hilarious because, um, in the next 20 hours were hell. <laughs> I, I have never had such bad hallucinations in my life. Um, you know, and really, this is just how a 200 mile is, right? It's like the highest of highs. And then you hit the lowest of lows. And it's really how you deal with those lows. 
you know, that get you through the race. Um, you know, I, I feel the worst person I feel bad for is my pacer for those 47 miles because I think I scared her, um, <laughs> you know, and she she's like a sister to me. And she just kept saying, wow, wow. <laughs> um, but yeah, but even through that, you know, it's like I just felt this sort of like and through the entire race, it's just this pull to the finish. Right. It's I never lose like that pull. And and that's how I know I'm going to succeed is because that that like sort of energy tether, I call it, is is there pulling me through. And even though there are like flickers mentally, physically, I'm on autopilot. I can do this. Like this is what I prepared for. So I can use all that energy like to mentally keep pushing myself forward. So yeah, that was great. And you know, I, if I can make it through that, I really feel like I can make it through anything in this world because it was intense with the hallucinations. <laughs> okay. So I have to, I have to ask, I like, I've never been to the point of hallucinating on the trail at all. Like what, what can, do you, can you, can you explain what it's like to go through it? Yeah. I mean, and, and I think that they, like, I get a lot of people asking me like, uh, doctors, like who study, like, sleep deprivation and hallucinations like this is really like something that's really intriguing medically you know and not just to like the sort of generalist right and because everybody's hallucinations are so different um even mine from tahoe to this were very different but literally my worst hallucination were these like 80 year old men in rocking chairs following me all over the trail um like so real that i would like reach out and try and touch them um and then also like the ground was starting to rise up and then would break into 3d pieces and i was trying to touch it you know like actually like whoa <laughs> and you know and just not knowing where i was i would just start turning around and my pacer would be like we're here. We are here. And I'm like, we are here. Where, where are we? Um, so it's, it's just wild. Cause you know, they're not real, but your brain is really telling you that, that, that they're real. So it, it's a, it's a wild ride. You're just like, I just got to get through it. <laughs> <laughs> and how do you, like, how do you get through it? You just have to keep pushing. You just, you, you just keep pushing um and you know what's wild is like the guy next to me is having the best time with his like what the heck how do i sign up for those i want <laughs> he would think you animals i'm like i have old people following me who are mean <laughs> you're seeing white rabbits like how <laughs> oh my gosh well okay so you <laughs> You go through the highs, you go through these crazy lows. What is there a lesson through the entire thing that you will take and go forward with? Or is it just all kind of one mash of emotion and, and thought at this point? Um, no, definitely not. I mean, the, the thing that's that a race like this really like teaches you and sort of like highlights for you is like, you know, you're there's always another minute there's always another mile to like sort of reset 
And, you know, it's just, you, you always have a chance to sort of change your mindset, right? Like if it was bad a minute ago, it doesn't mean it's going to be bad a minute from now. And each segment I did, I loved, like I, I did it by pacer, right? So each pacer, I sort of reset in my head and, you know, it was, it was wild. Um, in the sense that like you go from like, I don't know how I'm going to finish. I'm going to, I don't know how to like, I just ran 50 K at mile 144 in seven hours, you know, like, like never give up on yourself, like shift your mind. You can always shift your mind. Um, and that's like certainly something you can do in life, right? Like it's, it's, there's always time to like change, like you're not stuck. It might feel, it might be uncomfortable to sort of like change your mentality, but it's like completely possible, completely possible. I love that. Now, on the on the technical standpoint and trying to attack the race, how like how much do you plan to sleep? So it's so different for everyone. I think this is if you look at like sort of the blogs or you just listen to other racers, most people's sleep plans are not great or they don't like adhere to them. I need a little more sleep than everybody else. And that's why I practiced, you know, in my training, I I did a lot of strong running. And some people are going to strong run, you know, and run so they can finish the race faster. I ran faster so I could sleep a little bit more. Um, you know, I'm not going to be, I'm not in the top five. I, I want to finish. I do have time goals, but I'm not going to, you know, I can't sacrifice the experience or the possibility of not finishing just to not sleep. Right. Um, I will say we had a, an eclipse happen, um, our first morning there That's cool. or our second morning, but it did, I think it threw off my sleep a little bit. It was wild. Um, oh. uh, and so I slept not as much as I wanted to in the beginning. And I think that's what set off these 22 hours of wildness. <laughs> um, but with what I did is I decided to, to change my plan. I said, I'll run another, I'll sleep 90 minutes, run, you know, another 30 miles, and then I'm going to sleep five hours. I'm going to sleep five hours. Do not wake me up. Don't touch me. And because I slept that five hours, I was a whole new person. And I had the best 57, the next 57 miles were the hardest of the race. This is like, you know, uh, like 143 to 200 best miles of the race, hardest miles of the race. And because I slept that five hours, I it was one of the most enjoyable as it could be. But you know what I mean? Like those five hours changed me. Like we were blowing by people on roads and they're like, how am like, I slept? I slept. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So it varies for everyone. For me, I know what works for me. Um, and that, that was really important to me and, and really changed, changed like my whole race experience. I imagine you have to know yourself pretty well to get through 240 miles. Uh, I also imagine you'll be looking at the calendar to see if there's an eclipse during any of your future yeah. races. <laughs> I know. I was like, what is that? I was like, I thought it was going to be dark. <laughs> That's so funny. Uh, is there any races on the calendar right now that are speaking to you? Or are you going to get your wits about you before you decide? 
Um, you know, I took three years off of pinning a bib on um, between Tahoe and this race, so 2019. And, you know, I kind of, you know, I've been focusing on other things like mountain biking and big mountain adventures on my feet. And I think that for now, I don't see a race again in my future. But, you know, my focus has always been like, very like like big experiences right traveling the world and seeing what's out there um but i never say never because i said i would never do a 200 again <laughs> <laughs> and here i am with two belt buckles so um right now no no races but but certainly still love running um and i and i love you know sort of talking to to other women i'd love to see more women in 200s more women in hundreds you know where women are natural born endurance athletes um i'm going to be 47 so you're not too old um and in fact you know we're we're kind of in our prime so i'll just use this like time to maybe help some some more girls get out on the course and and keep traveling the world I love that. Where can they find you? Where can they reach out to you? I am on Heather or I'm on Instagram. It's my full name, Heather Rose Scott. Um, yeah. And that's like the best place. Just if anybody has any questions or just wants to chat. Yeah. Just DM me. Amazing. A huge thank you to Heather Scott. A huge thank you to all of you listening. Shout out to race volunteers everywhere, like all of those at Moab. And until next time, I'm Adam Lee, and this is Community Trail Running. Uh